The Chargers still had some questions at cornerback even after the 2022 NFL Draft, but one big question was answered on Tuesday when they brought in corner Bryce Callahan. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons, but we're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making us your first listen on a big news day for the Chargers with a free agent signing. But to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But David, today has to start with Bryce Callahan, right? The Chargers bring in a corner. We were talking, I mean, literally on the last show about the corners the Chargers were bringing in, you know, and kind of what our expectations were. And we kind of just had said, you know, both these guys are borderline roster guys, right? They're not going to necessarily help the Chargers immediately. Bryce Callahan helps the Chargers immediately. So we're going to talk about what he brings to the table and his familiarity with Brandon Steely. Talk about what the cornerback room looks like right now. One of the deeper cornerback rooms that we've seen from the Chargers in a long time. Because right now it's looking like Michael Davis or Bryce Callahan is your CB4. And those are very good options to have and very good depth. And we'll also talk about what this means for the corners at the end of the roster. And then we'll get into one thing we didn't have a chance to get into yet, which is Jerry Tillery's option not being picked up by the Chargers if they made the right move there. And also why Jerry Tillery can still be very, very important whether or not the Chargers ended up making this decision. So, David, this episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Mother's Day is coming up, so give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Lockdown Chargers listeners get $50 off of 500 Use the promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout. Take care of your moms, guys. It's a big, big deal. But this was an unexpected signing, I would say. I mean, I, was, I, I definitely was a little surprised by it. I mean, I yeah. I guess we just have to kind of stop not taking Brandon Seeley literally on word. everything yeah. he says, man. Like, it's like, hey, guys, like, there's a long time between right now and the season starting. And the Chargers, true to their word, ended up making a move after the draft, which means they were maybe potentially targeting a corner earlier on. They ended up getting them in the sixth and seventh round as it ended up playing out. But they went and made a big move, David, bringing in more experience at that position and bringing in more bodies at a position that was decimated by injuries last year. Chargers bring in Bryce Callahan. What was your reaction? Yeah, I mean, just surprise. After the Chargers go out and they draft two corners, yeah, later on in the draft, I figured, okay, they they, they feel pretty good about that position group. They they got some some top end talent, some really good top end talent with J.C. Jackson and Asante Samuel Jr. And you know, you pushing Michael Davis to a CB three role. I mean, that sounds pretty damn good already. And then you know they go out and they get Bryce Callahan, and then you're like, okay, I mean, they they. Brandon Stilley really was serious about continuously adding corners to the roster. Um, this guy's been in the league for a while. He's, you know, six, seven year veteran here. Um, you know, he's a little bit smaller. He's five foot nine, 190, but good quickness. You um, played for the Bears and the Broncos, hit six interceptions, 194 tackles, and 29 passes defensed in his six seasons in the NFL. So good experience. Also, you know, was with Brandon Staley 
with the Bears and with the Broncos. So he is familiar with Brandon Staley, is familiar with the systems, or at least the derivative of the defensive system that he's going to play with. So, you know, there should be a, a, a smaller learning curve and he'll be able to, you know, help the rest of the corners on the roster and hopefully bring them up to speed a little bit faster as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that definitely helps getting that experience. We also saw them do that with Troy Reader in the linebacker room, right? Bring in another guy. And then actually Drew Tranquil just talked about, you know, how trippy it is to have someone like Troy Reader comes in and just seems like he's been in Brandon Staley's defense all his life. And he only had it for one COVID riddled season, right? Where they didn't even have a chance to put the defense in. Could be really impactful too, just to have that voice in that room. Sure. But like even looking at just the on the field success they could have because of this, I mean, he is a great player when he's on the field at yeah. last year, I would say was a pretty average season, probably a down season by his you know standards. But when he's yeah. healthy, he's one of the better slot corners in the league. And we've seen him playing at an elite level, not even that long ago. I mean, you remember Justin Herbert's rookie season, right? I mean, there was a play against the Broncos where he tossed it up to Mike Williams <sighs> and somehow five foot nine Bryce Callahan ended up coming away with it and interceptions you know aren't the name of his game necessarily but if you're looking for tight coverage that's a lot of what this guy brought for a long time and obviously has ties with Brandon Staley you know had him in Denver as you know even though he didn't play in 2019 Brandon Staley was on that staff with Vic Fangio before that he was with Fangio and Staley with the Bears in 2017 and 2018 when Staley had first gotten started there. So there are ties there. You feel like they really know the person in this instance, and that is something they care a lot about, right? Lot. That's yeah. yeah, they want to know these guys, and every chance they tell you, they're telling you, hey, we got to really feel like we know this guy. Sometimes you might have to take some chances on a guy you might not know as much, but I understand the sentiment there for sure. But as recently as 2020, David, I mean, a 46.9 passer rating allowed, 7.1 yards per carry, only allowed 53.8 passes in his area to be completed. And for the entire season, which for him was only 10 games, he only had 44 yards after the catch allowed for the year, right? In 10 games. That's yeah. nothing. Those are elite numbers. And that's, you know, what the upside here is. And I say upside, David, because it is a little bit risky because the guy has never played 16 games once in his career. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't, played more, than, he hasn't yeah. played more than 13 games at any point in his NFL career. And so, yeah, that's obviously a big concern here. But, I mean, I, I think you, you take the risk, you know, for a couple of reasons. I'll take that risk, sure. One, you know, he, he's already shown, you know, to work well in the system, at least a system that is similar to the one that Brandon Staley is going to deploy, um, which obviously is very valuable. You add that that quality depth. And also, too, is how much you saw Tavon Campbell on the football field last year. And hopefully this is a move that will be able you know, to help mitigate that. And also the Chargers last year, their their sports performance team did a phenomenal job of keeping this team a lot healthier. Right. Knock on wood. Hopefully, you know, that that continues and they can get better health out of Bryce Callahan, because if they get, you know, 14 games out of him, I think that would be absolutely phenomenal. But also understanding you know the history of his career and what has happened I, I think you know if it's it's a high risk you know probably low uh, or low risk excuse me high reward possibility for Bryce Callahan well I think the best part of this situation is is you don't need him right yeah. like he he's not even necessarily an automatic starter right he could though I mean best case scenario I think he stays healthy he's your slot corner right because yeah. he's more built for that role than Michael Davis is and then you have You know, Sante Samuel Jr. on the outside and J.C. Jackson on the outside. So this gives them flexibility. And we already know that they're going to use their, you know, safeties 
in the slot as well, according yeah. to Brandon Staley. So, like, this just gives them another chess piece to work with, and they don't need him to play an entire season, or they don't need him to come start right away, or their season is doomed. I mean, if he wasn't yeah. here, you'd still have a decent situation with Michael Davis and the other guys they have in J.C. Jackson and Asante Samuel Jr. Like, that's a solid core right there, but totally. – Best case scenario, right, if he doesn't get hurt, if they are able to keep him on the field, now you have a new top three corners and Michael Davis is a depth piece, right? And I think that's why we were talking before the show that this is probably the most depth they've ever had at the cornerback. Not ever had, but like that they've had at least in recent years at the cornerback position. So coming up next, we will get into what the cornerback position is looking like right now because Tavon Campbell did get on the field a lot last year, David. And where does he rank on this list now? You know what I mean? How far down does he go? What happens to the rookies that you just brought in in the sixth and seventh round? Are they going to be able to make the team now? A lot of roster construction parts of this we haven't got to talk about, so we'll get into that coming up right after this. But I definitely think it was the right move to bring in Bryce Callahan. I really, really like the signing, but the right move for your you this Mother's Day is to go to BlueNile.com and get something special for your mother because she absolutely deserves it because BlueNile.com is the best place to go if you need any kind of jewelry, especially this time of year for your mother, for your significant other. At BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating custom engagement rings of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. You can definitely get the best kind of options as well at BlueNile.com. That is something that I love as well, especially they make it very easy for you when you don't know a lot about jewelry to use the website and find something in the price range that you want because at BlueNile.com, they're trying to give you a very special moment for you, especially with Mother's Day coming up. You can give her something that she'll never forget. I can definitely promise you that with all the amazing pieces they have at BlueNile.com. They definitely know my way around some jewelry now after getting engaged, and I highly recommend BlueNile.com because whether it is for an engagement or for your mother, this is definitely the best place to go. But this Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Chargers listeners get $50 off of $500. This podcast exclusive is good only through Mother's Day. Use the promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On, all caps, one word. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and derives in a discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right, guys. Well, thank you again for making us your first listen today, especially on a day where the Chargers added to the cornerback room and brought in Bryce Callahan, which we fully acknowledge obviously comes with some risk because of the injury history. And I still would be okay. You know, if you get 12 games, 13 games out of Bryce Callahan, it's not what I want, but like that's probably still better than what your room was like without Bryce Callahan. And if he can get back to how he was playing when he was with Brandon Staley in Chicago, when he was, you know, 2020, with the Broncos, I mean, you're getting a heck of a player and you're just giving yourself so many more options at cornerback now because now that was the one big thing, David, we talked about last year was depth, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Alohi Gilman had to get on the field way too much. Yeah. Tavon Campbell had to get on the field way too much. Yeah. Even when Chris Harris Jr. was struggling, you didn't have great options to take his place because that was usually Tavon Campbell. And you had to get, you know, other guys on the field like a Trey Marshall, right? And mm-hmm. guys like that, they wouldn't have necessarily wanted to get out there in the secondary because of the depth. And I mean, they've added so much depth to that one unit just in one offseason. Because now you're looking at the Chargers cornerback group, David, J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr., Michael Davis, Bryce Callahan, Tavon Campbell is now CB5. Then you have two rookies in Jazeer Taylor and Dean Leonard. And then you have a guy like Kimon Hall, who Brandon Staley just mentioned by name as a guy that they really like, right? So like, that is 
really, really deep, that's going to create a hell of a competition for sure. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me almost like one of those situations to where, you know, this was building on a strength. I mean, because it got to that point after the J.C. Jackson signing, you look at that room and it already looks completely different, you know, with that top end talent. And now you add this move with with Bryce Callahan and it just almost like an embarrassment of riches. But, you know, we, <laughs> it's easy for us to say that here and now when they're not playing football. It's because on paper, we know yeah. there is a lot of of injury issues that are going to come in football and especially in this position that you have to be ready for. You have to have talent on deck available to step in and mitigate the drop off. Now that you have JC Jackson and Asante Samuel as your top corners, you know, having a guy like Michael Davis that's able to rotate in with his size and his speed complement and having Bryce Callahan that you can kind of move around the formation, although he excels mostly in the slot, just so many more opportunities, so many more different formations that you can come come with and so many more different um you know ways you can specifically attack specific offenses that Match-ups. you're going up against yeah. matchups which that's what brandon staley's defense is all about yeah exactly that's what i was thinking when you were talking about that it's just like now for certain games you can use certain guys better right there yeah. are going to be certain fits that work better as far as guys you have out there against different teams and now you yeah. have those options whereas before it's like hey you what healthy body can we find to put out there? Right. And hopefully I think they can just get some chemistry, right? Because I think that was the yeah. one thing that's really tough. There's so much communication involved in Brandon Staley's defense. So to have these guys out there being able to communicate through a whole offseason, hopefully staying healthy through a majority of the season, I think is going to make a huge difference. But now if somebody does get hurt, you have other guys there that you could feel at least decent about right yes. now, right? And I think that – even the top end talent part of this, David, is so much better than it even oh, was yes. as, as recently as last year. Because, yeah, we talk about those guys and it's going to be tough at the end of that. But like the top four cornerbacks you had on your roster last year, Michael Davis, Asante Samuel Jr., who is coming in as a rookie because they cut Casey Hayward going into last year. Right. Yep. Chris Harris Jr., who just had, you know, probably his worst season of his career and was all banged up in 2020. And then you had Tavon Campbell as number four. That's your top four. Samuel, yeah. Davis, Chris Harris Jr., Tavon Campbell. Your top four this year are J.C. Jackson, best number one out of both years. Honestly. 17 interceptions in the last Asade two years. Asade Samuel Jr., Michael Davis, and Bryce Callahan. Like, those two fours like shouldn't even be uttered in the same sentence. Completely different <laughs> universes, different stratospheres when you're talking about those two groups. But I think Brandon Staley got a first-row seat, right? I mean, he was watching this this movie or this horror film unfo- unfold all last season. I mean, you, I think you, you liked Asante Samuel Jr., and you, you saw the swagger that he played with immediately, felt like he stepped in and, and really was the type of player that you thought you were getting when you drafted him in the second round. You know, Michael Davis had his ups and downs, but now you look at it, and wow, I mean, you feel so much better, so much more comfortable with the top four guys that you have. I mean, J.C. Jackson, a guy that knock on wood doesn't miss games, turns a football over. Sante Samuel Jr. is a, is a monster who's only going to get better, you know, going into the second year, of not only the NFL, but of this defense as well. And you hope have to hope that Michael Davis is going to take a step forward as well, you know, going into the second year of the defense for him and also kind of going into the offseason with a laundry list of things that he is supposed to work on techniques that he hasn't played before that hopefully he's going to be able to master coming into this season it's just so much so much better so much better quality depth that you have to work with and i think brandon staley just you know gets more and more comfortable as the room starts to look like the way he wants it to look 
Absolutely. And I think when you're having that specific conversation there, one of the things that you think about is just the Chargers obviously coming as far as they did from last year. But this is not just insurance, right, for those top, like, three guys as a group. Like, yeah. Even for Asante Samuel Jr., right? Like, right. that's two scary head injuries last yeah. year. Concussions, man. 100%. Like, this could be insurance for him specifically, right? Sure. This Absolutely. could be insurance for Michael Davis, and, you know, and him potentially not doing what he needs to do, right? Because one thing Brian Staley specifically said about Michael Davis is just like, he knows now what's yeah. going to be asked about him from this defense. Right. He didn't know then. Yeah. Now he knows. He knows what he has to get better at. That's one of the things he always is saying is like, now he knows. He didn't, but now he knows what he has to get better at. Yeah. Now he can take this off. It's kind of like, now you now there's no excuses, right? Exactly. Now you got That's to go out there and like. show me. Sure. So uh, this is insurance for all of those things, right? And yeah. then if not, if he, even if you know he ends up going and earning a spot, Bryce Callahan, that is. Yeah. You have depth, right? That you already know, you know, know your system that you feel better about that you thought was going to be your CB3 potentially yeah. this year. So it feels great. But the two people that get hurt by this, you know, or at least I think probably the four people that yeah. are hurt by this move are I would say Tavon Campbell, Jazeer Taylor, Dean Leonard, and Kimon Hall. Yeah. Tavon Campbell, Tavon Campbell has speed, rare speed, right? That's something that he has Size on his speed. Side. Yeah. Size and speed. Kimon Hall at least has the playbook right that that's yep. i think the step up he has going up in the special teams guys. yeah and he has a special teams value for sure he's he's a decent special teams player as well yep. i mean one of the Chargers better guys for sure but yep now you're going up against jazeer taylor and dean leonard like i think those four guys might be fighting for two spots right david because then it yep. becomes down to how many corners can really make it on the roster because we know those top four ending with michael davis you know sante callahan jc jackson those guys are safe yeah. The rest oh, of the yeah. guys you don't know as much about, right? Because Kamon right. Hall has been like a up and down practice squad guy. Mm -hmm. Tavon Campbell has spent time on the practice squad as well over the last couple of seasons. And the other two guys are a sixth and a seventh round pick. So they're not yeah. high enough where you feel like you have to keep them right. But you do think they'll at least have a fair shot at the roster. But I think that is four guys trying to fight for two spots, potentially. And and they're behind the eight ball because all, all those other guys that you mentioned already know the defense and have already had experience with this team and how Brandon Staley wants to deploy things. And so the, these draft picks going to have to learn the playbook very, very quickly and be able to go out there and show that they know it and be able to execute and thrive in this system. So it's it's going to be really tough for them and and again i mean hey this is what you want i mean you want competition these guys are going to have to show up in training camp and go ahead and take their spot they're going they got to earn it they got to show that they're the best the best option for the job and anytime you get drafted in the sixth and seventh rounds you know just you know by itself there's no guarantee that they're going to make the make the squad and now the way the the room looks i think they have to be uh extra careful um you know with what they do and make sure that they take advantage of every opportunity that they're given yeah absolutely i mean and there's a lot of different ways they could go for a lot of different reasons right it'll be interesting how they flesh this out how highly they value special teams because Bryce Callahan, I don't know how comfortable they're going to be with him out there playing a ton of special teams if they're worried about him getting injured, right? Right. Michael Davis, on the other hand, maybe he's more of a special teams guy now that you have some more depth because he definitely fits kind of that role. Big body, oh, yeah. fast, can, you know, can do some of those things. And it has for the Chargers, yeah. you know, when he was an undrafted player for them right. coming in. So that those are a ton of, of good options to have. And I think, you know, Jazeer Taylor, you know, had the kick returning part of it. And maybe that goes along with, you know, why Staley saying like, hey, you know, Brian Ficken did a lot on him yeah. and all this kind of thing. 
Like, so that's going to be a leg up for him. You know what I mean? And Dean Leonard, you know, is a seventh round pick. He's going to have a tough time, but I do yeah. think that the Chargers took these guys in the seventh round too. So if they didn't make the roster, because I'm guessing they had some inkling, especially going into day three, round six and seven, about Bryce Callahan, or at least sure, of course, radar, yeah, when they didn't get a you know top tier prospect in the draft, right? So I think they knew that, and I think they're like, okay, well, with these guys, now we can potentially stash them on the practice squad. And now we're just getting more guys with the bodies that I like, with the traits that I like, yeah. to build because a lot of people aren't going to just take your seventh round pick off your practice squad. And put them on their active roster because somebody right. has to get cut for fit. that to happen, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, so and people get hurt, and that you know the new IR. There's more chances for guys to come up from the practice squad. A lot of good changes in that regard, but yeah, I think these are stash guys. If the if obviously they don't end up making it, they'll be on the practice squad. At least priority will be them, I would think. But so many good options to have. I don't remember the last time the Chargers had this many good options. You know, at any position, let alone specific specifically. Seriously. At cornerback, but we do have one more thing we have to get into because we have Jerry Tillery and his contract not getting picked up as far as a fifth year option going. We're going to tell you guys why that was the right decision by the Chargers, but I love the options the Chargers have now at corner, and I'm loving the way this group is kind of fleshed out, even you know with a little bit of panic in the draft about them not getting a better prospect. But you know who else has the best options, David? Our Bill Bar, because at Bill Bar you get all of the best options and all of the best flavors that you can look for. You can go cookies and cream. You can go chocolate peanut butter, or you could even go with the built puff bars, David, when you're getting banana cream pie, cinnamon churro flavor, or even the built granola bars. My favorite thing. I love a good granola bar, obviously, but great flavors like white chocolate berry and peanut butter, anything peanut butter. I think you're getting the theme here. But the great thing about built bars is you're getting those great flavors and you're also finding something that fits on your diet because with built bars, you're getting most of the bars with under 130 calories packed with 17 grams of protein while also having less than four grams of net sugar and four grams of net carbs. That fits on a lot of the low carb diets. One of the best things as far as carbs that I've been able to find because carbs are delicious and you can get one that has less than four grams of net carbs and you're getting a flavor like chocolate peanut butter, right? Or even, you know, peanut butter brownies. So many great flavors to choose from at Built Bar and you can get a mix box. So you can try all the different flavors and you can find out which one's your favorite. Stop eating protein bars that taste like a chemical spill, taste waxy or waxy or chalky. Get one that's 100% covered in real chocolate and go to Built.com. And since you guys listen to this show, if you go to Built.com, you can use the promo code LACT15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LACT15 to get 15% off at Built.com. All right, David. Well, we did talk about Bryce Callahan. That is a very exciting, you know, thing to get into for the Chargers with that cornerback room because it was something we were asking ourselves, you know, when were they going to address that, you know, when, and is this what this room is going to look like? Well, now we know a little bit more what the room could look like next year for the Chargers interior defensive linemen, and it starts with Jerry Tillery. Jerry Tillery's fifth-year option did not get picked up by the Chargers. There's a couple of different numbers floating out there about what that would be. But the one that's probably most frequently out there is $10.8 million, which is what he would have cost the Chargers in 2023. So when you have a first-round pick, after their third season, you have to decide if you're going to pick up their fifth-year option, which locks them in for another season. It's why teams you know, trade up into the first round, get that extra fifth year. Why it's important Justin Herbert was a fifth-round pick, or your first-round pick, because you get that five Controlling years. the cost, baby. 100%. And you never know, though, what that fifth-year option is going to be at that time. And for Jerry Tillery... With the requirements that he had, because you, it, it's different if you make a Pro Bowl, it's different if you don't eclipse a certain amount of playing time. Jerry Tillery had the playing time, and Daniel Popper said the number is 10.8. I'm willing to go with that. That's somewhere around there. And the Chargers next year don't have a ton of the cap space at the moment. So, I mean, that would have been tough from that perspective. But, David, 
I think the Chargers made a good call here because I think first you just look about what those defensive linemen were making in this market, right? You're looking at the B.J. Hills and what he signed for, what Sebastian Joseph Day signed for, what these guys were signing for, you know, around 8 to $10 million, like $11 million almost at that, you know, for a guy like Jerry Tillery, at least as far as his past production, it is really tough to pay because that's what the top-of-the-line guys are making right now in the defensive tackle market. So for me, it was pretty easy for the Chargers, you know, for me to say, yeah, I think that is the right decision. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, the, the difference between Jerry Tillery and, and all of those guys that you mentioned was that those guys at least have one aspect of their game that they can hang their hat on. Sure. And that's that's the difference. And unfortunately, with Jerry Tillery, it's been the lack of consistency. You see the flashes against the run. You see the flashes as a pass rusher, but you don't see it too often back to back to back snap after snap after snap that's the big problem i mean and for jerry tillery the through the first couple of years of his career 98 tackles 12 tackles for loss nine and a half sacks in his career and i mean that's not crazy big numbers and considering that 51 of those tackles came last season alone um he got a lot of opportunities but you, you also saw him getting demolished in the running game and you also saw him not be a factor as a pass rusher far too often and just you saw him disappear in games far more than you would like and the amount of playing time that he received I mean I think it gave you a pretty clear picture of the player that Jerry Tillery is right now and given that coupled with the lack of production is the reason why this was unequivocally the best move for the Chargers to make and Jerry Tillery you know his career arc has been a little strange I mean it almost to me is a little like Kenneth Murray's whereas like you know things haven't worked out you know the way that you would hope for for them yeah. both of them are first round picks obviously with Jerry Tillery he was 28th overall so he was later right. in the first round it was after the Chargers on that 2018 you know run to the playoffs that 12 and 4 season that they had there and then obviously they had a bad draft pick because of that they get Jerry Tillery who, I mean, hasn't lived up to, you know, what you'd hope. But he's still a late first-round pick, and he has shown the flashes of the guy I think the Chargers were hoping he could become. But his first season, coming off of a shoulder surgery, right, he didn't play a ton under Anthony Lynn, and Anthony Lynn even had him as a healthy scratch. He definitely struggled already against the run. But the yeah. thing is, David, is like, if you struggle against the run and you're really good against the pass, we can still find something for you, right? Absolutely. You can, there's still a role that you can play, a very important role yeah. that you can play. But then the next season under Anthony Lynn was a year where he ended up playing edge rusher because of the injuries the Chargers had there, and he definitely didn't fit there, but it could have stunted some of his development at yeah. defensive tackle. And then last year he goes into an entirely new defense. His flaws in Brandon Staley's system, I think, got exposed even more because he was asked to, you know, control two gaps, be able to hold up at the line of scrimmage and help the linebackers, you know, stay clean to go make tackles and shoot gaps and things like that. And, I mean, I think you saw some really good things and some quick wins and some sacks and his highest sack total ever. But the problem is, is when you're looking at it by a per-snap basis and you're not just looking at the raw numbers, it tells a different story because the, yeah. he led the Chargers easily in pressures with 33 pressures last year for an interior defensive lineman. He was easily the number one guy there. But he also didn't do much else great on a consistent basis and that's what we're always talking about with the consistency because obviously yeah. he got those numbers which aren't in a vacuum terrible but he had so many chances he was 33rd in total pressures in the nfl so that's like borderline starter range because there's 32 teams right yeah but he was 77th in pass rush win rate amongst the interior defensive linemen of at Yikes. least 100 you know pass rushing snaps and that's behind two guys on his own team and justin jones and limbaugh joseph who were injured but those guys aren't known for their pass rush ability both of them 
defeated the you know blocker in front of them more consistently than Jerry Tillery did. You can't be like that if you're the interior pass rush specialist, right? Because that's right. exactly what you kind of want him to be at this point. Yeah. At the same time, though, David, I, I think this is the right decision, but I also think Jerry Tillery, you know, maybe we're buying into the hype again, is like set up for his best season ever because like this is easily the most talent he's ever been surrounded by oh, as yeah. well. Absolutely. No question about it. I mean, you have two premier edge rushers on both sides of you now. It's right. not just Joey Bosa anymore. It's Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. Oh, and by the way, you have another ball hawk in the secondary with J.C. Jackson. So they're, the, the offenses are worrying about who's covering the receivers and who right. is coming after them. And so that's going to open time things to get up. Home too, right. Yeah. That's going to open things up for him to attack the middle where he did do some decent work rushing from the interior, rushing over centers, rushing over guards. That opens up more opportunities for him. So he very and also you have guys that are going to come in and stop the run that were brought in to stop the run. So that might allow them to use him in a much better rotation to where he's not on the field and being asked to do things that he clearly just doesn't do at the same level as the other guys on the team. And you can really use him in more of the niche that I think is probably designed for him, which is strictly as a situational interior pass rusher. Yeah, and I mean, I think the other good thing, too, is like, I mean, there was talk that, you know, there was pressure on Staley from the front office to play Jerry Tillery as a first, you know, former first-round pick. But, like, this is the first, you know, public sentiment of the Chargers not being 100% convinced that Jerry Tillery is a good player, right? Because before it's, yeah, he's made some mistakes. He needs to get better, all these things. But, like, by declining this fifth-year option, the first time Tom Telesco has ever declined a fifth-year option by any of his first-round picks, one out of seven, you know, so like that's unusual. But this is him kind of conceding, you know, this guy hasn't worked out for us so far, at least enough to a level to warrant that kind of contract. And that's and a big chunk of change. And hopefully this is a, just a giant source of motivation for Jerry, right? He says, hey, sure. I mean, you guys don't believe in me and that's OK. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to show all of you why you are all wrong. And hopefully totally. that's what happens. And that's what I would like to see. That's what Dan wants to see. That's what we all want to see as, him, see as a member of the Chargers. And, hey, just a reminder, I picked him as my breakout player of the year <laughs> last year, and that did not go well. We're so, not Jerry, talking about that. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about it after this, but, Jerry, you kind of own no, it, man. No, just because mine was Kenneth Murray. That's why I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> Davis was Jerry Tillery, and mine was Kenneth Murray because they told me he was going to get downhill 100 times. I felt like it. Yes. I fell for it like a sucker. The, the fluff stories got us, man. Dang it. Uh, um, we all want to see Jerry Tillery do well. Hopefully he does take this as a, a source of motivation, has that chip on his shoulder, and goes out there and balls out because that's, frankly, what we all want. And that's what's best for the Chargers. And, yes. and the thing is, is you've seen him be dominant. Like there's times where he looks dominant. It's just so Absolutely. short and it's such yeah. a quick flash in the pan. That there's that's never why it's been so annoying. It's enough. like, I, I yeah. know you can do it. I you've know seen it. it, right? Like yeah. you totally have seen it. Like, I mean, there was, you know, moments where he was launching the Cowboys offensive linemen around like pro, all pro linemen and then getting destroyed by the third string right tackle, Terrence Steele. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, like, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense at times with Jerry Tillery, but that is the one thing you heard from Tom Telesco too, is just, or Brandon Staley, another guy where he's like, hey, Jerry Tillery knows where he has to get to make it in this league. Yeah. It's going to be up to him to go out there and fix it and go out there and do it and, and improve the things he has to do to fit in this defense, which isn't the defense he was drafted for. Right. But whether or not you're drafted for that defense or not, and there's better fits than others, right? And Brandon Staley's bringing in a lot of guys that fit what he wants at that position. 
There's always room. If you can rush the passer, especially on the interior, teams will find room for you. The Chargers just have to be much more selective because even David last year, there might not have been the guys with the pedigree of Jerry Tillery on the team, but there were better run defenders on this roster, on the defensive line, that were undrafted free agents that would have been better out there on running downs than Jerry Tillery was. Unfortunately, in the NFL right now, right, the most first down passing we've ever seen in the league. Right? Yeah. It's not as cut and dry where it's Marty Ball and you can just have your big hogs out there on first and second down and get the lighter NASCAR package out there on third right. down. You're seeing 65, 66% passes on, 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 on by certain teams. Yeah, yeah, by certain teams for sure. So it's just it's not as cut and dry, and I get that, but like you have to be they have to be better about who they're deciding to put out there. You know, I mean yes. I get that they see that they think those are the right options, but just when you look analytically, statistically, like there were better options they had. And they chose to put Jerry Tillery out there anyways. At least this kind of seems like they're separating from that a little bit because yeah. they're willing to say, you know, hey, this guy necessarily isn't part of our future. But as we were talking about before the show and you had said, just because they haven't picked up this option doesn't mean he can't ball out this year and then you want to resign him. But then you're stuck in that Mike Williams situation, right? Yeah. That, you know, what do we do? We have one really good season and maybe he was, you know, working his way up to that point and we saw some progression, but like, how much can you pay a dude if he goes and gets nine sacks this year because he's surrounded by Sebastian Joseph Day and he gets better himself, obviously, more than yeah. anything else? But Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and, you know, Derwin James Blitzing and opening things up, like, he could have a career season and should have a career season. We'll see what that means. But I do think at least at this moment, it was the right decision for the Chargers to not end up picking up Jerry Tillery's fifth-year option. But, Dave, that is going to wrap things up for today's show. On tomorrow's show, guys, we're going to talk about the biggest needs the Chargers did not address in the draft so can't really use corner now <laughs> that was going to be a big one at least as far as how early they addressed it but i mean linebacker right edge three tight end that you could think you could even say a little bit and i mean there's other positions they didn't really go for as well so we'll get into the biggest needs the chargers didn't address during the draft and kind of how we see those positions playing out and if they decide to go add someone like bryce callahan now that the draft is over but to make sure you don't miss it subscribe to the locked on Chargers youtube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from you can also follow us on all of our social media because we do post every show to all of our social every day you can find me on twitter at dan talk sports and david drogmeyer on twitter at drotalk sd you can also find the show's page on twitter at locked on lac at locked on chargers on instagram and our locked on chargers facebook page I know you guys have been calling into the voicemail line. We'll definitely be getting into that soon. But if you guys want to get your voices, questions on the show, draft grades, whatever, you can call into 323-524-7924. But that is going to do it for today's show. Come back tomorrow to talk about the biggest needs not addressed by the Chargers in the draft. But until then, take it easy and gobbles.